You're listening to the Sewing and Grown podcast and radio show with Jay and Jay. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. Guess what? This is our 50th episode. So it's going gonna, gonna to be something special. I think about an hour of us just screaming. One, two, three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, we don't have guests this week, but that's okay because this started with two people named Jay and Jay. Yeah. And uh, that's the majority of these, these uh, podcasts are us. And if you're not okay with that, well, listen to someone else, actually. <laughs> Maybe I should redo this. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's okay. Maybe you're telling yourself, like, it's okay no. if they listen to other people. No. We love having guests. Yeah. If you listen to last week's guests, uh, Pastor Mark Brzee, that was very fun. That was one of my favorite episodes because we shot from the hip. We were unscripted yeah. and it was very he profound. Was there were some great points made. I loved it. Yeah, I've been chewing on that podcast quite a bit and even talking to other people about how to follow the Holy Spirit and specifically what he said about uh, those that are the children of God don't lead the Spirit of God, they're led yeah. by the Spirit of God, and the other one that God never promised to talk to you, but he did promise to lead you. Yeah, I've been chewing on that. I think that's great input. Yeah. Um, want to have him back and we will have more guests. Don't worry. Do not worry about that. But today for our 50th episode, I wanted to talk about something that I actually have been listening to on audiobook version. Shout out to like Kindle and audiobooks, Audible. That's I didn't what I'm know Kindle of. was. No, I, Kindle was the wrong thing to say. That's I okay. I wanted to say Audible. Kindle being the wrong thing to say is <laughs> A-okay. So um, I had some free credits on Audible and I saw it. What, what the heck? There was a book called No Excuses. I'm like, well, that's something that I tend to make is excuses. <laughs> so maybe I should read this or listen to this book. And so it's by an author. He's actually a Canadian author. Oh, Not that that means don't anything you to Oh, hey, he had some good yeah, principles. Yeah, sure, bud. Eh? Short thing, but um, he, his name is Brian Tracy um, and he has a book called No Excuses. And he really talks about the art of uh, self-discipline. Uh, but before I do that, I actually was scrolling through social media this morning. I saw a good quote on self-discipline. It's not recognizing my face. My phone has glasses. I mean, I have glasses and my phone <laughs> My phone doesn't like that. Hold on. I'm gonna Do you have a screen protector? Because that could be, kind of be like a glass yeah. or a phone. Maybe the microphone in front of me is, is also throwing I'm it sure off. I'm sure that's throwing it off. Right. Passcode it. Talk amongst yourselves, everybody. Um, I'm, I'm, I should have been prepared and had this pulled up. All right, here we go. Nobody wants to tell you why discipline is so important. Discipline is the strongest form of self-love. It is ignoring current pleasures for bigger rewards to come. It is loving yourself enough to give yourself everything you ever wanted. So I like that first part. Whoa, it is whoa, whoa, whoa. That was shared by a previous guest it on was. the podcast. It was. Daniel Kale. Dan Kale. Parenting Pro Tips. Go check it out, everybody. Yes. Um, so I liked what he said. It's ignoring current pleasures for bigger rewards to come. So... If you think about what's the difference between successful CEOs, political, religious leaders, uh, you know, people that you see on the gram who are seem to be killing it, um, it's uh, and you know, and the difference between the rest of us who may you know have more ordinary lives, right? The secret, um, according to Brian Tracy, is really these successful people run their lives according to the principles of self-discipline. So they learn to overcome their human weaknesses and adopt positive behaviors and habits to help them become more productive. Um, these types of people, they're promoted more quickly in any job. They invest themselves 
and reinvest themselves so they can gain greater self-esteem, self-respect, personal power, influence. Um, so he went over nine principles of self-discipline that I enjoyed, and I thought I'd share them with you this morning. Um, Brian Tracy is not a Christian, but I think all really good um, uh, wisdom. wisdom is is biblically based. Maybe right. people don't even know it. So I, I threw in some scriptures here as well. Uh, but we're just going to go over these keys of discipline. But before I start, you got anything else to say? Well, I've just, knowing that you wanted to introduce discipline, I was thinking of the greatest expression of discipline I've ever seen in my life. And I wanted to share that with you. Uh, Why would you not? Yeah. (laughs) And it's going to be surprising. I'll just tell you that. It was my 12-year-old brother when he was 12, Ponch. He was a free eater of ice cream, cheese fries, and soda. And he'd eat poorly at every single meal. And my older brother, who is 12 years older than him, was at lunch with him. And I remember being at the restaurant in the booth, and he looked at him and said, if you don't eat... I." dessert for two years, I will give you $500. And my 12 year old brother looked at him and said, deal. And he went cold Turkey, didn't eat any dessert, any candy, any chocolate, any soda for two years. And good thing for my big brother, he he paid it up, but that was the greatest expression of discipline I've ever seen. Wow. I don't know if I could do that. Especially at the age of 12. I mean, I, I don't have much of a sweet tooth, but just denying anything for, for two, two years, years for $500, my <laughs> analytical brain goes, well, I could make that much yeah, in half but the time. But a 12-year-old was like, Yeah, Dang. 12-year-old, for sure. Hey, that was way before a lot of the inflationary right. so, things going on. Um, I'll share some scriptures throughout this thing. Some of them will, will be repeated, but one of them that just comes to mind is... Um, Second uh, Timothy one seven. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and of sound mind. And that word in the Amplified, if you read it, it's, it means a well disciplined mind. And so that's actually the first point that I'm going to be talking about nice. is the discipline of clear thinking. This is what Brian Tracy says. He says the quality of one's thinking affects the quality of one's decisions, which in turn affects the quality of one's results, and finally the quality of one's life. So that all starts with your thinking. I'll read that again. One's decisions, uh, the quality of one's decisions affect the quality of one's results, and those results affect the quality of one's life. Go ahead. I was just going to say, that's exactly what Pastor Mark's been teaching about, about power principles, power of thought. Yeah. Proverbs 23, 7, for as a man thinks in his heart, so so is is he. he. If a person thinks he can, or if a person thinks he can't, He's right. right. So again, he's not a Christian. So he goes on to say, embrace, you know, embrace this discipline, but make time for quiet, unadulterated chunks of time to think or meditate. And he's kind of got a worldly version of meditation, but we already know what meditating really is in the word. Meditate means to ponder on, to stop and think, to, to chew upon. There's a, I'm missing one of the main definitions. Um, I think, it really I means think to what just, you're sharing is fantastic. It really means to focus on something for a while, um, which it's not like, you know, crossing your legs and humming and trying to ascend. <laughs> it's really just taking the time to go over something over and over until um, it really gets ingrained in you. I think a big distinction we can make with meditation is oftentimes secular meditation is the absence of anything. Yeah. Where really biblical meditation is the presence of God and his word on our mind. That's good. So he goes on to say, you know, make time 
to sit in solitude, you know, 30, 60 minutes and think through some things. And we often know that we, we always get in our own way. So um, sometimes thinking can be a bad thing, but clear thinking really as a Christian is a result of the presence of the Holy Spirit and the word upon our minds. So taking that time each day to uh, present those issues to God and, and, and get quiet and have him give you some wisdom on what you need to do. I think solitude and silence is something yeah. I know I need to work on. But I think as a society, we need to work on. I saw this clip by a theologian, and he was talking about how silence and solitude was somewhat of a guarantee 150 years ago or in the 19th century, the 1800s. There was no radio. There was no TV. There was no iPod. There was no AirPods. The default was silence. And if you were a wife, your husband would go work in the field and there was the sound of nothing throughout the whole day. And that's the way it's been for millennia. Right. Since the beginning of time. This is a new creation where it's like, I got to have a podcast going. Thank you for listening to our podcast. (laughs) Maybe wait for the silence and solitude after our podcast. (laughs) But we don't have that time where throughout history, it was the default. But now we have to choose that. Right. And I think what we, what we tend to do is because we don't have clear thinking, we're afraid of being alone with our thoughts. So that's why, like, I, I, I raise my hand to this. I'll be working out. I got to have something in my ears. Otherwise I just start thinking about junk and I get nervous about what hasn't been done, what needs to be done. Um, just wanted to throw that in there. No, that's really good. So if you're afraid to be alone with your own thoughts, then you we you need we, to lean into it. Yeah, and you got to lean it into with it. God and meditation on His Word. Right. So there's a few scriptures here. Again, I'll I'll refer back to Second Timothy one seven. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound, well disciplined mind. Second Corinthians ten five says this: casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Colossians 3.2 says this, keep your mind on things above. So let me go back to that second scripture here in 2 Corinthians, bringing every thought into captivity. So you bring it into captivity and basically you judge it. And if you have nothing to judge it against, then you're going to let it go and it's going to continue to bounce around your brain. That's why it's important to be meditating upon the word. So when you get in those quiet times and a thought that is contrary to the word comes, you take it captive and you know immediately this is anti what the word says. And then you cast that thing down. So, so many times I think we, you know, or at least I have tried to take a thought captive. And if you're not well-versed in what the word says about a subject, you're thinking, well, is this right? Is this right? Maybe this is God. Maybe this is true. Maybe I should hang on to this thought. And there's just some confusion there. So you got to get the word on the inside of you. You got to let the Holy Spirit um, reveal those things to you. So you're not afraid to be alone with some thoughts. Yeah, I think... A kind of a heated topic in society, but prisoner rehabilitation. I think that's what we deal with thoughts. We kind of treat them like a lot of times what prisons, and I'm not getting political or anything here, but we just keep thoughts in there. Like, no, no, not that thought. I'm putting prison, but it says like to transform that thought. So you got to reform that thought. You got to. You got to take That's it, good. put it in prison, and then change the way it is before you release it. Like, you can't just get rid of thoughts. No, you transform your thoughts. Say, that's a lie, but here's the truth. Now be released. Yeah, that's good. Good. Rehabilitate that thought and then release Rehabil- it back into prison the public reform, space. Yeah. Prison reform. <laughs> that's really good. I think we've uh, 
exhausted this one a little. Uh, <laughs> all right, next one. Guys, I'm just thinking it'll probably be like an hour and a half before we get done. So the next one is the discipline of daily goal setting. Single-minded focus and concentration are essential to success. Ask yourself this, what do I really want to do with my life? Don't be limited by your current limitations. Instead, take a notebook, a laptop, iPad, anything to write down. 10 goals, 10 goals. Use a deadline. Say, you know, I will be... If you you got a money goal, what I'll make this much money by this time. Or you got a fitness goal. I'll, you know, be in this type of shape by this time. I'm not smoking, happy person by this time, right? Do it every single day. Make it a habit for 21 days. We know that it takes 21 days to form a habit. And actually, I think it was Dr. Caroline Leaf who said this that really you're looking uh, along the prospect more of 42 days because it takes 21 days to lose a bad habit and then 21 days to actually form a new habit that takes over. So you're looking at about a 42-day minimum to really uh, uh, change these habits, right? Um, Proverbs 21.5 says this, the plans of the diligent lead to profit. Amen. As surely as haste leads to poverty. Habakkuk 2.2, uh, this is a real famous one. Then the Lord answered me and said, write the vision down and make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it. It's biblical to set some goals and put them before you. Amen. Amen. I was thinking, it's cool. I, I heard in what you said about daily goal setting that these are goals farther out. Like you can set daily goals, but things you're going to reach to. But how about goals for the day? I know that yeah. sometimes when you're in a spot of discouragement or depression, uh, what can you control? Somebody who's real famous right now, Jordan Peterson and different people mm -hmm. have talked about like, make your bed. Like, make your bed. Make a bed and get the dopamine hit of making the bed. And I think of what Jesus said, uh, you know, today has enough in it, but what are you going to do today and celebrate today that you can control and you can yeah. take care of? Yeah, that's really hit good. Hit some things out of the park today. Hmm. And so these are things I, I feel like the Apostle Paul in this manner that I have not yet attained, but I am pressing on towards the mark. Amen. <laughs> the goal, right? The goal. The, the high calling. Yeah, the, mark, the prize. High calling. Um, all right. Here's the next one. The discipline of daily time management. I like this one. Every minute in planning helps you save 10 minutes of your time. Every one minute in planning helps you save 10 minutes of your time. So before plunging into head or plunging headlong into your, your day, write down what you should do before you begin, preferably the night before. I know you do that. Not always, okay. man. Well, I know when you come into staff meeting, you, you're pretty well prepared unless you well, do that yeah, in the morning. Well, yeah, I do. I do. I'm working on right. my family life more than my work <laughs> yeah. life. Really strong So preferably the night before or just before you start your day, write down the goal, the plan, and what needs to be done. And then you classify them as follows. I like this. So A tier is something you must do with serious consequences, right? B tier, something you should do with mild consequences. C tier, nice to do, but no consequences. D, mm. delegate whatever somebody else can do. E, eliminate so you can do the things that you need to do. So there are certain things that like you, that might make your list, but you probably don't even need to do them right. that day, or wow. they can be delegated. So those are nice ones. Get those ones out of the way. And then you structure it accordingly, A, B, C, D. I'll read them again. Something you must do with serious consequences. That's the, that's the top of your list. Then something you should do with mild consequences. Then nice to do, but no consequences. So Yeah, that's good. Um, it says, focus on your A tasks. First and foremost, concentrate on those and stay with them until they are done before doing any of the others. Mm. Ephesians 5, 15 and 17 says this, therefore, be careful how you walk, not as unwise men, but as wise, making the most of your time because the days are evil and they're short, right? So then do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. That's good. I like that. You got to 
understand what God's calling you to do and then prioritize it and get it done. (laughs) And And you're not on your own on that. I I see a real symbiotic relationship between the time management and the daily goals too. If you want to have good daily goals, it's good to think about them the night before. Yeah. And then you're going to have more success in hitting those and you're going to be more inspired to make notes for the following day. So you yeah. got a little bit of an alternator. I scratch right. your back, you scratch mine relationship doing between things, these two. Doing things the night before is, uh, that, that should be one of the, on on this list. Can I, can I say something? Yeah. It would be so much easier if I set my clothes out the night before for exactly. church on Saturday night exactly. and ironed them. I was just going to think that. that or so, downy wrinkle release them, shake them, come pull on, from wrinkle the bottom, release. maybe throw that. them in the dryer if I want to be yeah, special. Yeah, yeah. So we, I read this thing on social media the other day and I shared it with John and we're like, how true is this? It was so funny. You said, I'll get gas in the morning is like the worst thing you can say to yourself, like the most detrimental thing to for your day to be productive. I'll just go get gas in the morning because you wake up late, something happens, the dog gets out, your kid throws up and then you're already late and then you're like, oh crap, I got to get gas. So doing things the night before just like launches you into success the next day. I just think about the days where I have my clothes laid out, the things that I need to do, you know, I have them, I have them written down. Yeah. The trash taken out. Actually, in my neighborhood, you can't take it out the night before you get fined. You can take it to the garage, though. Yeah, mine's in the garage. Oh, never mind. Yeah. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I digress. Okay, uh, next one. The discipline of courage. So overcome the fear of failure and kill all of your I can'ts. To realize your potential, you need to make courage a habit by practicing whenever it's needed. Do the thing you fear and the death of fear is certain. I like that. Um, this isn't easy. Obviously, um, the natural tendency is for humans to avoid doing the things which we fear. Often the fear is only in your mind though. So you got to override that fear by saying to yourself, I can do it, right? Repeatedly and you will pick up the habit, the habit, the cabbage. You'll pick up the cabbage, maybe. Maybe there's people that are afraid of cabbage. They need to pick up the cabbage. <laughs> You'll pick up the habit of courage. So he he's really touching on this, the power of your words, which is, you know, we read through that all through scripture, the power of your confession. So um, replacing, and that, this is again, that that rehabilitation you're talking about with thoughts. If a thought comes in that says, I can't, you replace it with a thought that says, I can. And not just I can, but I can through Christ, right? Not just a positive thought, but a scriptural positive thought. Replace those things. And um, I just think about what the Lord said in Joshua 1.9. He says, have I not commanded you? So we see that courage is actually a command. So it's really not something that like, you muster up if the circumstance is just right. It's really something that you're commanded to walk in. So he said, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. And I see another symbiotic or connecting between point number one, discipline of clear thinking and this courage, because you mentioned Joshua, but in Joshua one that you're just reading from, he said, meditate on the law day Day and and night night. so that your way can be successful and you would have good success. So that meditation caused him to have courage. That time alone you spend with God can cause you to be not anxious, right. overcoming when you're yeah. around other people. You might have some social anxiety. You may have some fear for the meeting yeah. you have with your boss. Right. It's connected. It doesn't matter who you are in life. Some people are like, well, that person is just courageous. I'm not. I mean, you can think that, but that's a lie. Anybody can operate in courageousness. It might just be in different areas. I'm thinking of free solo. Yeah. Uh, 
What, what's his name? Alex Honnold? Yeah, uh, Alex Honnold. He's not yeah. here. It'd be cool to have him as a guest. I know he's not really <laughs> I think a believer. He's not religious. Yeah, he's but religious. Uh, maybe we could lead him to Christ. But maybe. He's super not scared at hiking the face of. Well, actually, he did El get Cap. scared. But he did it. So if you guys don't know. Relatively to what he should be, right. there was not enough here. He climbed in El Cap with zero ropes. But you know what was disappointing if you or sad if you watched that movie? The relationship. His relationship. He, he obviously had some fear of committing and being in a relationship. Yeah. So he may not be afraid of a mountain, but he sure is afraid of being with another person. Right. So one thing, you know, he said here is you override the fear. And one thing that I was thinking about was um, how a lot of times we wait until fear leaves to be able to do something. You see the kid on the diving board at the pool and they're standing there and there's a big long line and you're like, just jump kid. He's waiting to not be scared. And that moment usually never comes. So you override the fear. And so I think about a plane. What does a plane do? It it supersedes the law of gravity with the law of lift. It doesn't get rid of gravity, but the law of lift is stronger than the law of gravity. And so it can override and supersede, supersede it. And so, but then... Uh, uh, you know, it's not completely the same, but when we choose to operate in courage and supersede that, then fear usually yeah. does leave. Which but, is nothing less and nothing more than an expression of discipline because yeah. isn't all discipline mm-hmm. uh, Doing, overriding yeah. of your natural desires exactly. and inclinations in the moment? Yeah, that's good. Mm. So uh, next one. Discipline of excellent health patterns. I'm not going to go into that too much because we just had a really long podcast on health patterns, right? But I will read one scripture. First Corinthians 3, 16 through 17. Do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you? If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy him for God's temple is holy and you are that temple. And so we can take that spiritually, but also naturally. You are a temple of the Holy Spirit. And just like we take care of this church building, we even scrub the outside walls. We vacuum the we vacuum the inside. We make sure it's good because it houses God's people and God's presence. And that's holy and that's sacred. And you want to take care of that, yeah. right? So it's the same thing with your own body. You are now a temple of the Holy Spirit. Take care of it spiritually, but also take care of it physically. Yeah. So listen to our podcast. What was it? Two or three ago? Three F- ago? Fab funny. Yeah. Listen to that one. All right. Here's another one. The discipline of regular saving and investing. This one's fun. So set yourself a goal to achieve financial independence and cultivate an aversion or aversion, I should say, to debt. Buying things on credit may set you up for a life where you are always in debt. If you associate buying things with being happy, you'll be broke your entire life. If you associate buying things with happiness, you're going to be broke and in debt right? Um, To change this, rewire your brain to say, hey, I like saving money, right? I like to save money. Develop the habit of saving money and develop the habit of delayed gratification, right? Delay the purchases of big ticket items. You know, my dad used to always say like, hey, let's just sleep on it or something big like that. Give it a day's rest. And then if your mind is the same, you know, if you, if you haven't changed your mind, then maybe go ahead and do it. But a lot of times you change your mind in a day. You're like, oh, maybe this isn't a good idea. Um, I know I did that with a car once. Um, I was really on board to buy it. And he's like, sleep on it. I slept on it. I was like, man, it's not a good car. Wow. Um, but then I did find a good car. 
after that. So I'm thinking of the Bible verse where it says in Proverbs that a righteous man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. Yeah. So we always talk about how we're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. But it sounds like with that, there's a biblical responsibility for me to be able to leave an inheritance, not just yeah. to my children, but to my children's children. And right now that doesn't look like a possibility, but <laughs> I think I'm thankful that I have time and I can attach my faith uh, that I'm going to leave right. something for my kids' kids. And another quote I like or saying, because it's kind of punny, but it's yeah. important too, and it's by Dave Ramsey, sometimes we put off feelings of unsatisfaction by having certain things because it seems like we can be more presentable. Right. But something he says often is, act your wage. Ooh. And a lot of times our purchasing habits yeah. are not us acting our wage. We're being yeah. immature. Mm. I think a great way to a good barometer for financial maturity is what you do with your uh, tax return. <laughs> um, you know, just talking around, you know, the, you know, the water cooler talk at work, you know, people say, you know, I'm getting my tax return. I'm finally going to, you know, put a down payment on that new fishing boat or I'm going to yeah. get a new set of golf clubs. Um, not to say again, I have not attained, but this year we got our tax return and most of that went towards paying off some debt and the rest went into retirement funds. Nice. Um, so he says this, save up to 10, 15, 20, as much as you can of your income throughout your life. Put your money in various investments, spreading your risks, capitalizing on the value of compound interest, right? So Albert Einstein said this, Maybe it was Albert Einstein. We're still a little unsure if it was Albert. <laughs> but he said this, compound is interest is the eighth wonder of the world. He says, he who understands it, earns it. He who doesn't, pays it or Ooh. pays for it. And so that's really true, man. If you don't understand compound interest, it'll either work for you or you'll be working for it. Um, so you got to do what is right for you and your financial situation. But uh, the key principle here is developing a habit of saving and delaying that gratification. Here's the next one, the discipline of hard work. Most self-made millionaires work 16 to 17 hours a day until they make their break. And this is a really interesting one. It was kind of like, ooh, ouch. So the average person wastes up to 50% of their time at work, whether it be like talking with other people or on their phone um, or just being unorganized. I'm like, wow. So by eliminating these bad habits, one will be able to work um, more uh proficiently and diligently. Um, you set yourself up for promotion. Um, you increase your productivity. Um, he even said, hey, come in an hour earlier if you need to. Um, you got to do whatever it takes. Um, but here's some scriptures that I like. Um, we taught, you know, we see um, work um, in the very first part of the Bible. Genesis 2, 15, the Lord God took the man, being Adam, and put him in the garden to work and take care of it right? God's calls you to put your hand to something and he'll help you prosper it, but you're supposed to work. Okay. Proverbs 12, 11. If you want to know about work, Proverbs is full of it. Proverbs 12, 11 says this, those who work their land will have abundant food, but those who chase fantasies have no sense. Proverbs 14, 23 says in all labor, there is profit, but mere talk leads only to poverty. Wow. I think of the proverb that says the hand of the diligent will rule mm -hmm. and diligence isn't connected to uh, IQ. It's not connected to academic yeah. prowess and degrees. It's connected to your character. Yeah. And it says that's the determining factor if you're going to rule or not. Mm. So again, no excuses on that. Yeah. 
The discipline of continuous learning. So to earn more, you need to learn more, right? Work at least as hard on yourself as you do on your work. A tip is to read daily. He says up to 60 minutes if you can. Reading 50 books a year gives you the equivalent of a PhD in a year. And it's the right type of book, not like Harry Potter. (laughs) That's that's not going to get you a PhD. Like self-improvement books, books where you're learning about a certain subject, reading 50 of those a year is the equivalent of a PhD in one year. Um, I don't don't even read a tenth of that a year sometimes. I mean, I think I'm lucky if I read two or three books a year. Um, But I'm listening to a lot of podcasts. So he says that too. Listen to CDs, podcasts. you know, uh, it can help you uh, uh, stay up on the latest knowledge. You should also attend seminars, workshops, learn, increase your knowledge and skills consistently. So this is another thing. Uh, I just forgot the book. Uh, what Matters Most by, what's his name? Brian Blair or something like that. No, that's my teacher. That was my English teacher. Shout out to Mr. Blair. <laughs> Tony Allen, Allen. I don't know, something Blair. Um, anyways, he, he says um, in one of his chapters, you know, it was all about, what matters most and lifelong learning matters. Always continuing to be a student, not ever thinking that you've arrived. Always, and that takes some humility, being humble humble enough to know, hey man, I don't have it all figured out. Even if I'm 65 years old, there's still something I can learn, even from something somebody younger than me, and vice versa. The younger, there's somebody, there's something I can learn from somebody older than me. Um that's the discipline. Oh, I forgot to write scriptures down on that one. Sorry. I have a little interesting fact Go for it. here that I thought was interesting. Teddy Roosevelt is kind of known as a manly man, but listen to this. When the name Theodore Roosevelt is mentioned in conversation, it will invariably conjure up the image of a man so virile and strapping. He had an unflattering <laughs> portrait of himself destroyed because it didn't look Let's just say manly enough. You didn't really (laughs) expect to hear that Roosevelt was a huge nerd who read three books a day. Wow. That's not an exaggeration, by the way. According to sources that were close to the president, he was known to read upwards of three books every single day in a multitude of languages. Whoa. (laughs) Wild. How do you have time to like hunt? And do yeah. all those other manly things. He also set up a boxing ring in the yeah. White House. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he had some killer glasses, huh? Yeah, he was cool. Yeah, he, he was, cool. was cool. I mean, I didn't, Sorry, know, I didn't know the guy. But just reading. Yeah. Discipline of continuous learning. Okay, last discipline here. The discipline of persistence. The greatest test of self-discipline is when you persist in the face of adversity and drive yourself to complete your task 100%. So um, courage, we read about it earlier. It has two parts. First part of courage is to begin and to launch in the face of failure with no guarantee of success. The second part of courage is is to endure and keep on going even when there is no guarantee of success and a likelihood of failure two parts of that courage. So if you truly believe in what you're doing, uh, the more you will persist. The more you persist, the more you believe in yourself and the value of your work. In fact, persistence in self-discipline, sorry, persistence in self-discipline in action. Self-discipline leads, I wrote that down wrong. That doesn't make sense. In persistence, hold on. Talk amongst yourselves. You can edit it out. I should edit it out. You will. Maybe I won't. Listeners, I don't think I'm editing this out. Oh, what a guy. Come on now. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Persistence and self-discipline leads to discipline, leads to self-esteem, leads 
Oh no, I'm Maybe sticking you with just it. Leave it all. Listen, out. I'm talking about persistence, man. You, you're I can't pers- quit it. Right, I can't quit it. Through this, typo. but I might just, uh, yeah, I might just read over that typo. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna go to my scriptures. Uh, Galatians six nine says this, and let us not grow weary Amen. of doing good, for in due season we will <laughs> reap. <laughs> man, that's funny. If we do not give up, Proverbs twenty four sixteen says this: For the righteous fall seven times and rise again, but Amen. the wicked stumble in times of calamity. You don't even. I mean, wicked. You kind of tend to think of like witches and yeah. warlocks, right? But just anyone who's not operating in, in courage, and right? Anything not done in faith is sin. That's true, right? So if you're not in faith, you're sinning. If you don't have a get up attitude, you're wicked. You're wicked. Is that what you're saying? In a roundabout way, yes. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I'm glad I persisted through that. Awesome. Um, real quick, I'll just blow through one more time. So not all the sub points, but we've got um, we've got the discipline of clear thinking, the discipline of daily goal setting, the discipline of daily time management, the discipline of courage, the discipline of excellent health patterns, the discipline of regular saving and investing, the discipline of hard work, the discipline of of continuous learning and the discipline of persistence. Learn to be self-disciplined, or you could even say self-controlled, which is a fruit of the spirit. So God's calling you to be able to control yourself, your desires, your habits, all those things need to be brought into alignment with the word of God. And you start doing these things, um, you're going to be successful in life. And it may not mean you make X amount of money, but success Really, I think the godly version of success is what Pastor Mark talked about as being significant. Yeah. So he said, he, I can't remember when he did this, but he talked about going from a life of merely surviving to a life, a life of success and then ultimately to a life of significance. So I think to be successful in life is to be significant in the lives of others um, to I the kingdom of God. more, man. Well, thanks. You got anything else? Was that the wisdom of the day? Because sure. you should have put wisdom of the day before <laughs> sure. that, because that was golden. Oh, thanks. Uh, I really liked the statistics that you gave uh, with the 50s. That 50% of time at work is wasted. Yeah. Ouch. Uh, definitely want to change those statistics in my life. <laughs> but also, if you read 50 books a year, you will get a PhD. It's the same as getting a PhD. That's really cool. Mm. Appreciate that. And you may be wondering, is this really spiritual? Is this important? Well, let's just look at another word that sounds like discipline, disciple. Mm-hmm. And we're called to be disciples of Jesus. And that takes some persistence because he said, if you abide in me and my word abides in you, you are my disciple. So... Let's be yeah. disciplined disciples in Amen. Jesus' name. And he said, take up your cross and follow him. And I think that that's just contrary to probably what you want to do. I don't want to lift up a big cross and carry it. true. And that's not speaking of a physical cross, but the burdens that he had, the, 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 the persecution, the attacks on your faith, the what Paul talked about, the things that I want to do, I don't, the things that I do want to do, I don't do. It's a struggle between soul and spirit. All of that combined is really taking up your cross and following him, which you got to have self-discipline. Well said. Maybe that should have been another wisdom. I think you had two wisdoms okay. in this You want podcast. another one? I'm content with leaving that be <laughs> the wisdom. How about you pray us out? I'll do it. Father God, thank you so much for today. Thank you for the wisdom that came through uh, in the words that Jonathan shared. I thank you that you're faithful and uh Knowledge and wisdom begins with the fear of you. So we call you amazing. We call you awesome. And we thank you that you're going to lead us into greater places. And Father God, I thank you that the wisdom wouldn't just stay with us, but we would share wisdom with those around us throughout this week. So 
We appreciate you. We love you. And we call you holy and perfect. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you all for listening. If you haven't already, subscribe, leave a review, and share it with somebody else. And uh, we'll be with you next time. I always want to say see you next time. I do. I always want to say see you as well. We can say it. We'll see you next time.